Remember, if you want to ask some questions about Accessible Media Inc., you're just thinking about something, I, I want to know that. Email feedback at ami.ca and the gang over there in communications and marketing, they can help you out. Feedback at ami.ca. Just ask your question and somebody will get back to you. Maybe you got something you want to know about AMI-audio. Go on Twitter, at AMI-audio, and just ask the question. You can also follow along, see what's happening with the different shows uh, when we're on the air, segment to segment, or just what's coming up on your favorite AMI-audio show on Twitter, the handle, at AMI-audio. Also, maybe you have a recommendation for our audio book of the month. Yeah, we got to talk a little bit about that. We'll do that later in the show. Got a little announcement for you. But... Give us a call, 1-866-509-4545. Recommend your book, maybe. 1-866-509-4545 is the number to do that. Mention it's for Kelly and Company. And if you don't mind, please let us know if we can use whatever message you leave for us on the air. Well, otherwise, we certainly won't do that. Kelly McDonald here at the Home Studio in London, Ontario. Ramya Muthan at the Home Studio in Toronto. And we love Thursdays during the summer because it means we get an audio entertainment feature recommendation from our friend Michael Fair. Let's bring him on. Hi, I'm Mike Fair. iPhones, iPods, and iPads are everywhere, and they're doing great things for the blind. We explore all that, plus audio entertainment, dramas, podcasts, internet radio, and games. We share it all on Kelly and Company. And you know, summer just wouldn't be complete without a slight, uh, a slice of Lovecraft. Well, at least Lovecraft-inspired audio horror, Mike. So you're here to tell us about this week, the second standalone story in Graphic Audio's Arkham horror series called The Last Ritual. Already sounds like horror for sure. Uh, What's the Arkham horror series based on? Well, initially, I just thought it was a series of of, uh, novels directly inspired by H.B. Lovecraft uh, in his initial work. But there's an intermediate step uh, in the form of a game uh, called Arkham Horror. There's a board and a card game that uh, pits sort of a group of of players as investigators against forces that are threatening to doom the town and the world, right? So they're they're trying to to put out all these these troublesome supernatural portals and things. And uh, that that uh, those I don't think either of these games have been made accessible. I wish I were wrong about that. But because uh, they sound fantastic, but that's apparently uh, from Fantasy Flight Games. That's what the story is is tied into. That Arkham Horror sort of world of of more pulpy kind of uh, end of of the spectrum of Arkham Horror uh, kind of things. They're kind of pulp adventures written hmm. in the modern day. Do you feel at a disadvantage, Mike? I mean, not only that you haven't been able to play the game, especially now that you've looked into this and, and kind of, oh, wow, it'd be great to play the game. But do you feel that as someone who couldn't play the game, does it, in your mind, whether it's fact or not, take away from your knowledge, enjoyment, whatever you might want to uh, point that to, a, it, enjoyment of, of, the, of the content? Yeah, I kind of feel like I, I'm denied full access to the universe, right? I mean, the story right. is great. Yes, good you way know, to put you're it. not missing anything out with the story, mm-hmm. uh, but the, it would be fun to play that the game. It sounds it's certainly one of the ones I would enjoy. So yeah, wow, yeah you, you do feel that it's like getting to look through a window, you know, and, and that a kind of equivalent, right? Because because that's really what it is. It's based on like an adventure that could have potentially happened in the game. So, yeah, it's it's like us being able through the novel to to sort of peer in and and sort of vicariously enjoy the fun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, what's the story about, Mike? 
So Alden Oaks is an artist, and uh, he's young, independently wealthy, son of uh, rich people in Arkham. He's traveling. He's in Europe. He sees this strange festival, and in that festival, there are strange symbols that uh, reoccur in the story. And also, uh, one of his uh, his idols as an aspiring artist, uh, Juan Hugo Balthazar, is briefly grim- glimpsed at this festival. And he he's kind of it's a hazy thing. It was a really powerful thing to see. He kind of stumbles away. He's, he's sort of on the beach, uh, you know, a little time later, and he bumps into this friend, uh, Pres- Preston Fairmont who's a wealthy friend. Uh, they were college buddies, and they sort of went their separate ways. And uh, they've had a long history together. And he, uh, Preston is uh, engaged now to uh, 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 Minnie, Minnie um, uh, who formerly was uh, in love with our, our lead uh, character, so <laughs> there's some tension there, but he said, you know, he's great. You know, if that's what happened, you know, they broke up and, and he'd be happy to come to the weddings and, and be, you know, getting back to Arkham. So he's encouraged to do that. Uh, Nina Tarrington is another woman who was in love with uh, Preston and is now uh, falling in love with Alden. So going in the reverse direction as the story progresses. And it's it kind of these two women are kind of linchpins of the story as supernatural elements kind of uh, come into play. Uh, you have uh, a, an art colony with a, Juan Hugo Valpasar, this artist, is ending up coming to Arkham. And uh, it, it's all tied into with this strange, uh, these parties he throws where things get really strange and supernatural and stuff starts to happen that is, is very hard to, to explain, including a bunch of murders. So there, it, it's all, kind of all these threads are, are woven into this tapestry of increasing dread as the story progresses. And what issues are explored in the drama? Well, there's, there's quite a bit there. There's uh, friendship, of course, the bonds of friendship, loyalty, uh, you know, the power of art to inspire people. Certainly that is, is uh, touched upon uh, in, throughout the book. If, if you hear Juan Hugo Balthazar and uh, why he inspires and uh, uh, as, as he starts to build this cult in this colony uh, in Arkham. So that is an increasing thing. Uh, love and friendship are really deeply important. Like, how much do you owe a former lover, right? When, when you know, it, it, your life could be put on the line to help, right? I mean, how far does that uh, go? And loyalty to friends. I mean, what better examination of that than if a friend experiences something supernatural? I mean, the, do you believe it, right? I mean, you, you know this friend, but is that enough to convince you of something that seems just utterly impossible, Right? So there's that. There's the loyalty of friendship. There's the moral decay of the 20s, of the you know, prohibition and everything uh, going on. So you have that that air of you know the wealth comes from you know unclean sources and what happens is this as people accept you know are willing to bargain for what they want, are willing to let things slide, right? And you have that creeping sense of decay. <laughs> I bet you almost get that feeling. Everybody is involved with it it's like or has uh, uh, rubs up against that illegal activity um what about your pacing mike what what's the, it like for the story 
this is a slow burn, as as traditional Lovecraft horror tends to be. Uh, it's it's a slow exploration through uh, the, the lives of these characters as they the supernatural increases around them slowly. It's 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 investigation leading to horrific discoveries, leading to undermining of foundations like what you once believed about your place about your town about your life turns out to be this this tenuous thing this this you know the reality you knew isn't quite what it what it ought to be and you you kind of it's a coming of age it really in a lot of ways uh, alden oaks is coming of age and and you sort of see that but you know as as in circumstances pile that on so it's, mm-hmm. it's a slow pace kind of thing mm-hmm Pretty interesting way to approach the genre. How adult is the story? I would say it's 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 written for adults. Eighteen and up is what the graphic audio site uh, proclaims, and I would say that's about right. You know, maybe maybe fifteen, sixteen year olds, uh, you know, could probably follow it. Certainly not for young kids. This deals with adult themes. There is some cursing. There's some violence. It's 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 not heavy violence. Um, throughout the story but there it's there the threat of it hangs over everything so yeah it deals with a lot of kind of adult life uh, problems and, and themes so what makes um arkham such a good setting for these stories well the the depression or sorry, not the, depression, the uh, prohibition is on and that kind of uh that is is all through the town you know people just accept you know they, they disobey the law they want their liquor and if you have yes. enough money you can get it that that means crime is ignored. People look the other way when crap happens, and uh, you know there's unexplained murders. People have been murdered, and and, and there's been no satisfactory uh, solutions. And uh, you know they've just been written off. And uh, you know why is this happening? Why hasn't anyone solved it? Uh, you know what's happening there. So there's this sense that people. Are almost a town like this, a town that's, and in fact, uh, Balthazar said at one point in a story that this is a city built on bones, you know, built on bones of people, you know, who've been exploited, right? So, I mean, it, it's like no one who lives there is entirely free from this creeping sense of, of guilt and yeah. open of to involvement, what's coming to right? Yeah, yeah, by even just by being there, kind of. That that sort of thing, guilt by association. You have a sense of that, <laughs> right? Yeah. Were you happy with the way that the story ended, Mike? It surprised me. <laughs> I was very, I was very surprised, I'm, and that that delighted me in a way. I I had two competing ideas as the story progressed for how it was going to end, and neither was correct. And I was like, "Wow, you know, that almost never happens." You know, <laughs> just I was it, that completely surprised me. So you, there is a nice twist at the end that I did not expect. What do you think uh, of so sound? That, what do you think of sound and music, Mike? I, I I'm betting I'm betting for some nice sound. Yes, the sound work is is nice. The music was was very cinematic, and I I thought worked quite well, and was was present uh, to a fair degree. But sound took center stage. You really heard, you know, the environments. They do a great job of of putting the actors where they ought to be. I never had a sense, that, oh, that voice sounds wrong for that environment, right? It was mixed very well. You heard the environments envelop you. The stereo effects were were very well done. And it's it's not a blockbuster. You don't have like the super special effects, right? It's all kind of, you know, there, kind of, you know, creeping in the background. And, you know, it's subtle, very effective stuff. Mm. And the acting? 
Yes, the acting was very, very nice. Uh, uh, Ken Jackson did a lot. He produced as well as acted. Uh, he played Alden. He narrated the, basically the, the story. Uh, he was great. Alyssa, uh, Alyssa Keegan uh, was uh, Nina, and I thought she did a, a really well job of, of Nina Tarnington, this investigative, tough person who uh, propels Alden into this investigation of these adventures. And uh, Anthony Palmini really stole the show as Juan Hugo Balthazar. I hope we hear more from him. He did a wonderful rendition of of just to, he clearly enjoyed his role as as this this inspirational figure, this kind of power driven cult person. It was it was just really <laughs> well done. A joy to hear him. He, he just clearly had fun with it. Was the story worth the time and money, Mike? I would say yes. You know, it was, it was eight hours, uh, and uh, you know, we heard it over two sessions, so two evenings of entertainment, basically, uh, served us really well in that regard. We were never bored, uh, so I would say, yeah, you're getting your money's worth. It's a good rendition. I'm looking forward to more. I decided on the second story because I figured it would give them a chance to find their feet, and I, I haven't heard the first one yet, but I, you know, they might, uh, that might be worth digging up, too. Uh, but I'm hoping they, they pursue this because I think Graphic Audio does Lovecraft quite well. So looking forward to more from them in, the, in this uh, genre. Very cool, Mike. Well, we get a variety of these um, features and reviews from your end on Thursdays. So always looking forward to it. Talk to you soon. Absolutely. Lots more coming. Okay. We're counting on it. Uh, you can find The Last Ritual and many other offerings at Graphic Audio. And this is another one to check out if you're into the HP Lovecraft uh, inspired audio dramas. And Mike Fair will be back next Thursday with another audio entertainment feat. You talk about folks who have been creating content like this for so long, Graphic Audio. So, yep. you know, when it comes to it, it quality is, too. They know the biz, that's for sure. Coming mm-hmm. up next, as we uh, stop for a couple of moments here, pause. But we'll be right back on Kelly and Company with our gardener, Susan Kearney, who today is going to discuss why we should think about replacing our existing lawn grasses with native sedge grasses and wildflowers. We'll hear her reasons in a moment.